Welcome to How to Decorate from Ballard Designs, a podcast all about the trials and triumphs of decorating and redecorating your home. Each week, we'll help you unleash your inner decorator. I'm Caroline. I write the How to Decorate blog. And I'm Taryn, and I'm a product designer. And I'm Karen. I head up Ballard's branding team. We're We're your hosts. Join the expert team at Ballard Designs for the tips, tricks, and tales of interior designers, stylists, and other talents in the design world. Plus, we'll answer a listener question at the end of the show. So don't forget to send them to podcast at BallardDesigns.net. Yes, we love answering them. And now, on with the show. Okay, so trials and triumphs. Let's do it. All right, Caroline, what you got? You want me to go? Okay. I don't know. Um, well, wait, did I tell you that I, that I moved my stuff into the basement? I know I've told you personally. I don't know if I've no. mentioned it on the podcast. Um, I mean, this is not like you can, she could, Karen can see behind me, but there's just art on the wall. There's stuff. It doesn't look scattered. like there's art on the wall. It looks like there's no, art I'm sorry. leaning on the there's floor. There's art leaning against the wall. Okay. Yeah. There's art <laughs> on the floor leaning against the wall, ne- needing to be hung. Um, but yeah, I, I was a few weeks ago. Remember, I was talking about how I wasn't sure if I would really want to work down here mm-hmm. all that much, even though it'd be a dedicated office yeah, space because of the basement. Be I like it a lot more than I thought I would. It doesn't look dark. I need to work on my Zoom background to like fluff it up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Are you going to hang that art, or is it going to lean? No, I'm going to hang it. Oh, okay. I mean, you know, you can lean art. We have like a much larger plan we have executed so far uh other projects just sort of took precedent over it mm-hmm. so i need to get like some i'm going to do like some built-in cabinetry from ikea so this is sort of like temporary but it's just nice to have like a workstation i'm always impressed with your prioritization of projects i must say because it always <laughs> sounds like you know exactly what you're working on what the next thing is going to be you've budgeted for it there's a plan. Like I'm so willy nilly. And when you talk like that, I'm like, man, that you actually get things done. (laughs) I mean, I like, I just like to have a plan. I don't know. I feel like I need to have a final like vision in order to make any decisions. Otherwise, like, how am I going to know what to do? I mean, I think like early in the pandemic, we started the basement project and then and that was because we needed a full office space because we were Blair was home and yeah. like you can't we needed somewhere to close a door, right? Then she went back to school and so that became a lot less important. Um and then we were sort of doing like more outdoor projects and um, you know, we've kind of been re- we kind of redid the den. So I don't know. I feel like it's a constantly moving target where we're like shifting things around. And now we have some new projects coming up. You do what? Well, we're having a baby. <gasps> what? Is this a trial or a triumph? It's a triumph. I mean, <laughs> okay. it's both, I guess, because we now have a lot of projects to uh, hammer out. We just have to a little, some light remodeling on the room that will be the baby's room. So that now has taken precedent and shifted all the other projects mm-hmm. to the back of the list. <laughs> when are you having this baby? In the fall. Yes. So uh, I still have a lot of time. But yeah, so like our, it's our guest room that'll become the nursery and it currently is attached to the laundry room. Like the laundry room is off the room, which is not a great plan for a baby's room, obviously, because, well... I mean, we do laundry like at night, all the hours, and, and it's also kind of loud. So I don't want to be like going in and out of the room to like 
change laundry and also how sad. So it's, I don't know how to describe this to people, but ultimately we're just going to put up a wall and create a hallway where the laundry room will be off the hallway. And then we'll have like a new door. So what are you going to do? It'll be a smaller room, but we'll be able to like build in closets and stuff. Um, so yeah, we just need to like put up a fake wall basically. I mean, it's not a fake wall, but you know, it's not like a load bearing wall and, um, a door and then build some closets and then do all the fun stuff. Like am I do a wallpaper. I have, of course I have my plan. I haven't executed anything yet though. It's just a vision. That's fun. Do you know the sex of this child? Yes. It is a girl. Okay. Another girl. <gasps> Another girl. Yes. Will's like me. He's outnumbered three yes. to one. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> I think, I think people always want like one of each, which I would have loved too. I mean, that sounds great, but I do feel like there's, lots of advantages to having two of a kind because like they're best friends. I don't know. I had a brother and I always wanted a sister. So you can reuse the clothes. Yes. That is a big advantage. Uh So, um, you'll have to get all of Taryn's maternity clothes. (laughs) I mean, I, yeah, I need, I didn't, I don't know. I have all my ones from last time. Um, Uh it's a lot easier. You just wear them so much. You get sick of them. Yeah. You know? I will say I feel like it's a lot easier this time working from home because like no one <laughs> you don't actually have to matter. go out into public. Your sweaty hands yeah. are getting hot, heavy rain. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um so oh, gosh. So yeah, lots of projects coming our way. Um but I haven't been doing anything because all I've been doing is sleeping and working. Like if I'm haven't been at work, I've been yeah. asleep. So not a, lot of, yeah. not a lot of progress. Your body is requiring more of you. Mm-hmm. So. That makes sense. So, yeah. Well, I have nothing like that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thank goodness. Um, You're not pregnant. I'm not pregnant. Um, shocking. So, I went to Scott's um, over the oh, weekend. Nice. And I haven't been to Scott. Scott's, if you guys don't know, is an antique market that's in Atlanta once a month. And people come all, from all over to go. And I haven't been in over a year you know, maybe a little longer because of COVID Mm -hmm. and um, I'm fully vaccinated now. So I feel a lot safer about going out, especially in places that are crowded Mm -hmm. like Scott's can be. And also when you're out with your mask for a long time, it can get ah, so stifling. So anyway, I went to Scott's and I bought some stuff. Oh, nice. Okay. Mm -hmm. Give us a whole play by play. I, well, I want a new piece of art over my mantle. Mm -hmm. You've mentioned. I did not, I did not find it. But I found another piece of art that I loved and I got from an uh, artist called Hope Facet, F-A-S-S-E-T-T. You can find her on Instagram. Um, I did not know her until I bought this piece of art. Um, But uh, just beautiful, uh, abstract. um, I just love the palette. So I bought that and I put it, hung it in my living room today, this morning. Awesome. That's exciting. In a little corner. And then I bought a few pieces of... um, I'm always gravitating to, uh, there are a few booths there that have African stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I bought a cool, um, it's sort of an animal mask. To me, it looks a little bit, it's got like big ears. It's black. It's very sculptural. It looks a little bit like an elephant. Um, I like that. I got Fun. that. And then I also got this cool shield. It's lots long. of wall it's, art. It's, yeah. It's like four feet tall and it's only, I'd say maybe 12 inches wide mm-hmm. and there's Ma'am. a hook in the back where, where one would hold it as if it were a shield. Um, and I have a weird, weird wall that's 
I would say three feet wide, but it has a light switch on it. Mm -hmm. So right where you would hang art. And I haven't been able to find anything to put there. And so I think this long, narrow, almost to me, a sculptural piece there on that wall will be cool. So I got that. Is this where you have your gold vine? Yes, I took my gold vine down. Oh, why? I don't know. It started feeling fussy to me. Mm. I don't know. Um, And when we repainted the room, and so when I repainted, I just took it down thinking, well, I'll take a look and see how I feel about it. And I didn't put it back up. Um, I have some draped down in the basement over another kind of sculpture thing. See, that's Um, one of the things that I admire about you. You always, I feel like you always find stuff and use them in ways that it is not intended for use. Like, (laughs) no, it's a sponge. Like you can think outside of the box. I love that. I, I feel like I sometimes get a little too like focused on my plan. (laughs) And I don't let... Well, that's the difference, right? Like, I have no plan. (laughs) No, it's it's great. I love it. I do get obsessed with areas of the house. Um, And I'm sure you've heard me talk about this, where I'll be like, I can't stop thinking about wanting a new sofa. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Or whatever. Or this corner isn't right. I need something there. Um, But I I do try to keep my eyes open Mm -hmm. when I'm out and about for things that don't apply just to that problem yeah. because it's easy to be like, I need red shoes. And so then all you're looking at is red shoes and you miss that beautiful pair of Navy pumps that are 1299. Yeah. You know what I That's mean? That's totally me. Yeah. <laughs> so I try to not do that, mm-hmm. but it's, it's not easy. Not easy. Um, Cause I, I went looking for, I went looking for a new piece of furniture for my dining room and a new piece of art over my fireplace and came back with none of that. <laughs> but what is the piece in your, in your dining room? So I have a piece in my dining room that's completely adequate. The um, console? Mm-hmm. It's just I not like special. Oh. I do too. It functions really well for me. Uh-huh. Um, it used to really function as a bar. It has two doors that open um, and then it has a shelf below. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of, you know, it's kind of bar height. Uh, and so it's great for when I'm having a dinner party, I can put food up on there or drinks or whatever. Um and, but what has recently happened is that I cleared all the bar stuff out and it's now in the basement. Um, but it holds my Ninja air, uh, oh, your air fryer, air, air fryer <laughs> cooker, which is the size of my car. It is ginormous. And so I need something that will accommodate my pressure cooker because uh, it. it doesn't fit in my kitchen. But it's still that same height, so I can use it for like a, as a buffet, but it's not too wide. Mm-hmm. So many things that are that width, it's just not very wide, I'd say 36 inches, are dressers mm-hmm. with drawers, which is not at all what I need. I need doors that open. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. You know, so that's, yeah, that's a tricky thing. Like you're mm-hmm. going to have to go to multiple Scots. Yes. Yeah. And I did find like maybe two things that would work in the space, but the style wasn't quite right. Mm -hmm. But the good thing about looking is that it's giving me an idea of what I'm going to need my budget to be, Uh you know, because I can, and then I can also, you know, I'm just educating myself every time I look and see and touch and open the drawer and, um, you know, look at the sizes and the prices. So um, that was my first foray into my education. (laughs) It'll be a journey. I learned a little bit. (laughs) I feel like it, it measurements, I mean, obviously are so important, but it's so frustrating too, because mm-hmm. you're like, this would work, but it doesn't fit. Right. And then, also now that I have, then I can also start looking at like garage sales or I can look mm-hmm. at 
Yeah, true. Um, estate sales, estatesale.org. I don't know if you guys know, but I yeah. think it's .org. You can put in your zip code and it tells you all these estate sales around you and you can go to them or you can kind of look at what they have. Um, and, you know, it's it's not an online shopping experience. Mm -hmm. It's showing you kind of here's where to go. Here's kind of what's in this estate sale and what you can expect. And, oh, um, okay. Yeah. I didn't know that they told you what was there. That's awesome. It'll give you some photos and sort of a cool. general idea. I I need to add that to my list of things to do. I yeah, don't have a friend, yeah. My friend turned me onto that. She's all into um, refinishing furniture and stuff, so she loves estate sales. Mm -hmm. That's fun. She's and not if, into it. It's actually her family's business. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's also a good thing. It would be a fun thing to do um, with with a friend, like with a girlfriend. Absolutely. Um, go get coffee and then go get really. Estate sales. Yeah, mm -hmm. I like that. Yeah. All right. Cool. Well, let's get to our guest. Oh, okay. All right. So our guest today is Roger Higgins. He's an interior designer in Nashville, Tennessee. He opened his doors in 1994 and has been designing timeless spaces for his clients for the last 25 years. His work has been featured in Traditional Home, Architectural Digest, Nashville Lifestyles, and more. And we are so thrilled to have you. Thanks for joining us. So very thrilled to be here. Thank you for having me. Welcome. Your rooms are just classic, cozy, um, soulful, they're just sort of that those spaces that like, you know, you're just going to have a really relaxed, like you can sit back in the club chair. They just look comfy. You're saying all the right things. That's what I want. <laughs> I, want it all, I want it always to feel like home when you or just feel like mm -hmm. you can sit down and enjoy it, whatever style it is. And not necessarily decorated feeling. I mean, they're mm -hmm. well done, but they don't feel like, you know, some rooms just feel so decorated. I want it to feel accumulated or, or mm -hmm. um, I, I just want it to feel like it tells a story of someone's life mm -hmm. rather than I went into and just swept up all of the things at a store and bought it. Well, how are you doing mm -hmm. that? What do you do? I mean, you have to <clears throat> well, be buying it somewhere. <laughs> I, well, I am. I, I am a big believer in uh, antique markets and auctions and flea markets, as well as, you know, the retail stores. Mm -hmm. All, I think it takes them all to make a successful project. It needs to feel curated mm -hmm. somehow of things that you love and, and textures and colors. And, and it's a basically every room is a painting that you're, the, the homeowner is painting with the things that they put in it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. One of the things, and to, kind of to Karen's point, I feel like often, and, and, I, and I love this look, so I'm not dissing either, either approach, but I feel like often designers have a very tight color palette that they're, that they're working in. And it's, you know, like, let's say blue and orange and every sort of, everything sort of fits in that the color palette is really what's guiding the room, I suppose. Right. And I, I felt like your rooms, um, they didn't have that. They're very loose. They're all over the place. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Explain your reasoning there. I mean, I, I, to your point, it really does have that accumulated, undecorated look to it. But I imagine it would be so hard to pull it off. You I know, know this to do. To me, mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, to me, the room is a, not about, it's not about what I'm going to do to it. It's about the person that's in it and how they live. And if they have, you know, four kids and three dogs, a white sofa is not a good option. Mm -hmm. 
So you just have to, you know, play those things. And also the architecture. What's the architecture of the house like? It has to look appropriate. Even it may be a very traditional house, but you want to spin it in a super contemporary way. And I think all of that is doable. And that's how you paint the picture of that, that person's house. Mm-hmm. By the things you put in it, the fabrics, the colors, the art, all of those things. And and they're, I think everybody has a favorite color. Mine's green. Mm-hmm. Um and I, I think everybody, I do think everybody's blue or green. Uh, you can't be both. You pick. You have to pick, pick one. A side. You have to pick. Yeah. Okay. And I think everybody is either salty or sweet. And I don't know that there's any, there, actually, there's probably zero scientific information <laughs> in that. But I, I do think there's something you can say, a, a green salty, I think their their interiors look like this and a blue sweet looks like this i'm telling you there's something to it really? so when it when they that figure is a it southern, out that is a that southern. is a southern methodology if i've ever heard when they figure it all out somebody just say roger said that was going to be like roger that. what are but, you but, oh green salty green all day salty. yeah caroline i'm blue sweet blue sweet are you okay mm-hmm. so i can i'm green so tell salty me what too. Yeah, Tell me what tell me what your house looks like. I, I'm here to ask questions. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> it, yeah. Well, I I do find just as a you know amateur, um, I do find it easy to use my color palette as my sort of guiding element that is sort of my thread. Mm-hmm. So that that was really what um, what I found so fascinating about your work mm-hmm. because there wasn't that obvious thread visually mm-hmm. with the color, and so. But it it all obviously came together so well, and so I was really trying to kind of dissect, like, mm-hmm. okay, so how is he? How is he picking these different items? You know, because well, they're it's based off of things the client owns. I think everybody mm-hmm. brings something to the table, and it just may be it may just be a favorite color, but it may be a rug that belonged to their grandmother, or a piece of artwork, or something like that. And so that's there's always a jumping off spot. Mm-hmm. I noticed that you. You love a neutral couch. I do. There I was do. not. There was not a single, you know, pattern. But I'm, also, gonna, I'm okay. taking that as a challenge now. I'm going to go. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to only pick out color. <laughs> but okay. But here's the thing: they were all neutral, but none of them were plain. And I also noticed there was there was like not a single, you know, sand sandy linen. Mm-hmm. You use a herringbone or a velvet or like a nubby yeah. or there, it was almost like every one had just a very small scale pattern on it in a in a neutral color. I mean, is that uh, I just your go to for those rooms? I want my clients to live in their rooms and and really sit on the furniture and you and use them. And that little bit of pattern and texture and color just helps it hold up. I mean, mm-hmm. it's it's kind of a oddly practical yeah thing to do um so and and then also i used to think you built a house and lived in it forever but nobody lives in one house forever it doesn't seem like anymore so furniture moves and Mm -hmm. a neutral sofa is what i want to be the first thing in the room rather than the orange you know orange and gray yeah whatever from the last house like you can always make it work right yeah, right. that makes sense. Right. Well, but and even do you, okay, 
I feel like small scale fabrics are very underrated. They're often glossed over. Like no one ever uses them, but you use them a ton. I like them all. And I like them all together too. Like put a whole bunch of small scale patterns together and it creates this visual interest and texture and really makes it personal. But then Mm -hmm. you can take it apart and those things can work easily in in all sorts of areas. So do they really read as a solid when you're kind of looking at the whole scape of the room? Um. I think it can do both. It, it reads as a, as a, to me, it reads as a texture, okay. a small pattern reads as a texture and, and I can stand as much texture as you can put in a room. I think, I think, and, and if you have, if you like things to be plainer, um, then you just layer in those small textures together and it still reads as quiet and plain. The other mm-hmm. thing you're in love with is a throw pillow. Come yeah, on. come on. <laughs> I mean, these sofas are full. Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, yeah. How- I get, I get a little, I get a little pushback from some of my clients. You know, <laughs> they can't believe <laughs> that, I, that I need to do all those pillows, but I, it does look pretty in the picture. So. Mm-hmm. Do the husbands just kick them on the floor? Lots uh-huh. of times, I get that. <laughs> but I, and I have one client now that that actually, you know, when he was, we were showing the stuff for the room, he said, "You get one pillow, Roger. You get one one pillow for the bed." I said, "Okay, I'm going to make it count." No, ha- so have you seen that Geico commercial? Oh I my have, god, with Carolina, have you seen that with the dude? It's like no. he's trying to help people not be their parents, uh, and so he's taking the, all this woman's throw pillows, just like off the sofa, and right. she How is do, losing do you need her that, <laughs> You just cannot even cope or <laughs> lost. So my trick. So if I get if I if I get cut back on the throw pillows, I'll add in throws. It does uh-huh. the same thing. Okay. So mm. you know, blankets. I yeah. I don't tell them that. I just do it, and at the end, nobody. Yeah. Does. But you're putting. <laughs> so don't, nobody tell my secret. Okay. Well, to the blue, green, salty, sweet argument, uh-huh. I feel like there are two types of designers: the type of designer that likes a karate chop, and ones that don't. I'm a karate chopper. You know, I just am. I just am. That's how you can tell it's got feathers in there. And that's the way it's supposed to be. I karate chop so, too. Do you, Caroline? I do sort of a, a, a loose chop. chop. Yes, a modified uh-huh. chop. I'm in between. I, and I do, although the all the cool people now are doing the perfectly flat, almost laying down pillows, which look beautiful and make for great photographs. But I'm not cool. You know, so in, yeah, I'm still, I'm not either. So I'm, I'm. I will say I feel like the karate chop only makes sense on square pillows. I have a few kind of more lumbar-y? like lumbar mm-hmm. ones where I feel like it looks a little weird. I, well, this so this is how you know OCDA. <laughs> if you grab the long one and you sort of bend it in uh-huh. the middle, so you can yeah. just sort of tell. It, I just need to know that there are feathers in that okay. bag of fabric right there, and then I'll know it's comfortable. Uh- and, as opposed to just uh, what you're referring to is like, as opposed to a pillow that is just stuffed with a piece of foam. So it just oh, yeah. is like a block. I can't. Uh-huh. Yeah. Just yeah. why bother? Don't, I don't want that pillow. Yeah. I hope everyone knows what we're talking about. When we're talking about the karate chop, you know, when you literally fluff up the pillow mm-hmm. and then chop it in the middle so that it has like bunny yeah. ears. Right. Exactly. So it looks yeah. a little less, you know, mm-hmm. less dressy. It's supposed to make it a little more casual mm-hmm. to karate chop it. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, I feel the opposite. Oh, you do? I think it looks. I think it looks more karate dressy to, ha- to be karate chopped. Well, it looks like you know. Well, here's the thing. I think it looks like that the people who are helping you live your daily life walk in behind you and straighten up all the cushions. So I want to. I have that complete fantasy, fantasy <laughs> world of, of that when I walk back into the room, the newspapers folded uh-huh. and put away, and you know the pillows are where they're supposed to be, and there's no 
glass of Diet Coke on the side table. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, Yeah, that's that's the thing. (laughs) That's a good goal. I'm I'm going for it. I don't know. It's it's really not even where near insight, but um, well, let's talk about OCD behind you, right behind you. I can see. <laughs> I didn't all your do books. that. I did not do that. <laughs> that is color coded. <laughs> so here's the deal on that. They the if you can see the rest of this room, it kind of looks like somebody left the garage door <laughs> open. But the so they said you, there's going to be a a podcast. I've been doing working with a client in Utah. So I have all these meetings, Zoom meetings with them, and they were just saying, we just can't let this go on. So somebody came in and put all those books <laughs> in a color order so that it will look like I have some sort of oh, act together here. they styled your backdrop. Okay, but in, in real That's life, right. how do you arrange your books in your home? <laughs> well, I, so I have two different ways of doing it. I have one room that is one, uh, we have a library den that is floor to ceiling bookcases, and I bought the books because of the mm-hmm. color that they were. So I, I will admit. Then there's a little study where it's just your real book. books for days. You know, I have seen people like on Instagram or, you know, people making fun of like the color coded bookshelf, you know, say like, well, how do you find your books? I'm like, do people actually alphabet- alphabetize their bookshelf? I mean, no. actually, I feel like the color of the book is probably as good as anything. Where I'll probably be more likely to find it if yeah. I feel like, well, okay, I feel like the cover's red. So I'll Yeah, ex- well, exactly. But, I, I but mean, just- the place where the books are that I really use, I can find them. But the others are there that I just... What, what just are pretty. your go-to books? What books do you really use a lot? I have uh-huh. so many books. Are they uh, reference books? Reference books, architecture books. Every designer book I can find, I will I will buy it. I do a lot of my major in school was in historic preservation. So I studied the type of moldings and, and doorknobs and window divisions and all that kind of thing. So when I, I'm sort of hyper aware of whatever the style of architecture is, so I'm always looking at architectural style books to make mm-hmm. sure that the decisions throughout are consistent with something. And not, not that you have to follow the the rules. You just have to know what they are before you break them, I think. Mm-hmm. So... So, okay, say someone's building a house and they haven't hired just a designer. Big mistake. You know, whether it's budget or whatever. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we've, we've talked about, we've covered that on the show many, many times. But, but yeah, you know, sure. I think some people just, it, it's a question of budget. They mm-hmm. just, you know. Sure. Anywho, um, do you feel like that's a good way for someone maybe to help guide their their yeah. process to? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because that's something I would have never necessarily mm-hmm. considered, but say like, for example, our co-host Taryn is building um, a house and it's sort of like, um, it's sort of like a colonial. Mm-hmm. I would say, wouldn't you say Karen? I don't sort of know. Like a, See, because I don't have the book and I haven't uh, read it. See, well, there is. Okay. Everybody <laughs> go buy this book called Elements of Style and it has all the, all the periods and types of architecture and what is typical uh types of molding doors Mm. windows roof materials all of those things in it and i think it's super helpful and even if even if you're going to spin the house in a different direction something about it needs to look appropriate to the style that it is that's so smart so like you could say okay well i'm going to do georgian but i wanted to have like a mountain vibe i don't know i'm totally making this up that doesn't make any sense but um you could you could you could yeah like reference it and Mm -hmm. then just say okay i'm going to well, do like that, Good. you know, uh, Bunny Williams has that pool house that's 
a, a classic pavilion, but it's made with logs and pine cones and all those. Kind of, I love it so much. So mm-hmm. I think I think that's a that's an example. You just take take the rules and you know do them differently. Mm-hmm. Speaking of molding, I um, there's this gorgeous dining room in your portfolio that's sort of like a clay terracotta color, and it's one of those rooms where every you know it has. Um, paneling and it has like a dental molding mm-hmm. and but it's all painted one color and we got mm-hmm. I got a question recently I can't remember where Instagram probably about whether that look is classic or uh, matching the walls to the what did you take okay yes mm-hmm. like to wear everything the all the molding and all the the walls and everything are the same color I think it's a little of both but I think uh, I think it's it depends on the how the person lives in the room again. If, if they don't have a lot of things and there's nothing visually to fill up the room, sometimes you need to pick out the molding to add visual interest. But if they have a collection of things they want to display in there, paint all of the molding, all one color. And then there's something has to play second fiddle that, you know, so Mm -hmm. um, that creates a background for the stuff in the room. That's still pleasing. Do you think that all one color makes it mm-hmm. more of like a neutral backdrop, even if you did pick a, a bold color? Right, and 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 also, you know, the you know, if they if they don't have a lot of things and they they a lot of display or artwork or all of that, just painting those things uh, all one color. But if the molding is significant and you have all the shadow lines and and the things that cre- are created by that, it's still beautiful. And, and it's just how do you want to express that? I, I'm not willing to fully commit. Would you on do that the trim think. a different mm-hmm. finish, or it's all the same finish? All the same. I like it when That's it's all the same. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. One bucket. Yeah. Uh, well, I do feel like too. It makes a lot of sense when you're going dark because if you choose a dark wall and then your moldings and your ceiling are white, sort of it's screaming at you sometimes. Yeah, it sort of takes away from that moodiness. I, I think you can, you know adjust the color so it's closer the the less contrast depending on how you want the room to feel you know mm-hmm. if you want it to be be super dramatic and you paint the walls black right. and the trim white and then you're there you right know? but if you do a very subtle tonal thing and you want this fabulous piece of artwork to stand out you know the closer the colors get that's yeah. how that works this is the frustrating part of design. I feel like there is no, there is never a, a correct answer. No, no there's like, not. It's always situational. I, I, I get accused of, of no, only knowing the rules and not telling anybody, but I don't know the rules. I make <laughs> them up familiar. as I go. Sorry. <laughs> but you're right. I think that is what makes it such a hard nut to crack for so many, so many people. And, and mm-hmm. the struggle is real. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. But, but I do feel like because of that, that there's so much beauty in that because there is no correct way to do it. Right. So that leaves you so much opportunity to do it. There's not, there's not one right answer. Yeah. And that's, and some people want there to be one right answer, but sorry, there's not. And there's lots of right answers and some of them are incredible. So when you're working with a couple and they both think they're right, but they disagree. <laughs> what do you do? Do you come up with a third that's answer that's yeah, a neutral never. answer? Or do you convince one? Like, how does one manage through that? I don't know exactly. Right. I do it all the time. I'm not sure how I do it. Uh, but it's it's just uh, convincing. I, it's a 
little bit of design and a whole lot of salesmanship is what it is, I think. Interior designer is, I think, about 30% design work. And the rest of it is organization and, you know, cooperation and salesmanship and all that other stuff. Mm -hmm. We get it. Exactly. We get it to the exact, all that, Mm -hmm. all of those things. (laughs) So it's, you know, it's just convincing and, and compromising, you know, there's not one right answer. So you have to convince the, the homeowners that somewhere in the middle is the right answer. And it's going to be successful. Okay, here's another thing I noticed about your portfolio. You love a upholstered and upholstered dining chair. Oh, I do. Okay, I I haven't noticed. I'll look. I I found very few like like they were all like a good armchair. You know, maybe not slipcover, but skirted. Like oh yeah, it's real cozy. Like like something you're going to sit in a while. I want it. I think fabric makes it look real. You know, and and. I want everything to feel like you want to stay in there. So the softness and the mm-hmm. texture and all of those things we talked about helps. And I think fabric is a great way to get there. Mm-hmm. What sort of guidance could you give people about picking fabrics in general? I mean, I know we kind of talked about the small scale, your uh, love of small scale patterns. but sure. I, think a, I think a lot of it is be really smart about what you're picking the fabric for. And, and how it's going to hold up and wear and be used. Don't put tissue silk on a dining room chair. It's not going to make it. But, you know, if you want to put silk on the walls, go for it. Mm-hmm. And, and texture and things that will, you know, hold up, be comfortable, feel nice, all those things. Who, who can, I mean, should you go into like your local fabric shop and just interrogate the <laughs> sales lady or gentleman about its application know? or... Well, a lot of, some of it, there is a, a good dose of common sense. You know, you just mm-hmm. approach it that way. And then there's all sorts of, of specifications on fabrics, whether it's made for upholstery or drapery. And anybody that sells that, it's, there's gonna have, they're going to have some information about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, does it have a, a stain treatment on it? All, all of those kind of things, I think, are, are kind of you know, low-hanging fruit um, for the, uh-huh. is it good fabric? Um, and then from there... Just then consider where you're putting it. If it's if it's uh, silk and you're putting it in a room that is flooded with sunlight, there's probably going to mm. be issues. Um, yeah. Or if it's something that will fade quickly. So I, I don't think it's expensive. Fabric is always expensive, and to use it, you know, without restraint is really expensive. Mm-hmm. So I think it's important to make those decisions wisely. But but just I feel like all. All anyone has to do is go and look at your portfolio and all of the softness that you pack into your rooms is just proof to me how important it is to, like, I feel like a lot of people shy away from fabrics because of the practicality, like cleaning and it's expensive, you know, et cetera. But it just makes such a difference. I feel like a lot of the times we'll get photos from people and my main thought is like you need more softness. Right. You need some more stuff in that room. Yes. Curtains. Do yeah, not exactly. Yeah, for sure. Uh-huh. Right. No, I, I don't think anything completes well, a room like drapery does. It just some of it. Sometimes they are. Not all sometimes. the time. Sometimes, sometimes it's a simple panel. <laughs> yeah. But sometimes mm. you've got a valance or a swag mm-hmm. or a, you know, talk that out. How do we know? Uh, it's and that's the client. That's what. How do they? What's their architecture? If you have a a mid-century modern house and you put a swag and Javot thing, that's going to look funny. But if you mm-hmm. have a traditional Georgian and you want a, a swag and Javot or fancy trim or, or something like that, go for it. It's just knowing where it looks appropriate and where it doesn't. Yeah. 
And if you probably, if you pick a mid-century modern house and you want swags yeah, and jabos, you're going to have house. other issues as well. There are other things you need to right. contend with first. Yeah. Why do you love a dining room so much? Uh, I don't know. I think there's something, there's some sort of a special place held for a dining room. You know, it's used on special occasions for Christmas and, and it, it's just, it's nice to have that, you know, it, it's a luxury, mm-hmm. for, you know, and, and, and some wonderful things happen when you entertain all, you know, the good times happen often in a dining room. So I just think that's nice. And then it, it's also the place where you're, you know, you take that whole decor up a notch to the next level. And that's kind of my job. So I never really mm-hmm. thought about like that, that. That it's a, you know, it's a place where we have our celebrations and, you know, the, the good times. That's mm-hmm. really a uh, pretty valid right. actually. I like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's a, it's a room you don't use, but like it, you don't use it often. Right. So you can do things that you wouldn't do in a room that you, you know, the dogs and the kids and, you know, mm-hmm. the great Kool-Aid so or more delicate day. things you said, or do you mean, or yeah. just, just a little more, just a little more, a little fancier or a little more precious or a little more special. Do you, uh, do you splurge in the dining room on the table or the chairs or the draper? If you've got to pick one, where would you go? It would be on, I would probably splurge on the chairs. The table often is covered up and with flowers and China and a cloth even, uh, the, I'm, I'm more for chairs and drapery than, mm-hmm. and a light fixture. Uh, beautiful do lighting. You, I believe in that. Good you, lighting is critical. And if you don't have comfortable dining chairs, the second you're finished right. eating, you're going to want to leave. And I want everybody to stay there. That's right. Yeah, I have to I run to them off. So, so mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in the vacuuming. Do you, do you mix chair style in the dining room? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, you know, that just depends on the client and the level of formality and, and their style, I think absolutely mix it all up. Mm-hmm. I don't, I will don't want to set pretty much of anything except maybe China, but, uh-huh. or glasses or something, <laughs> but a set of chairs, that's fine. Or yeah. for this and for that. I just love how classic your rooms are. And I'm wondering if, okay, if someone has a room that they have maybe done, you know, top to bottom a few years ago, I, like, I feel like we've gotten a few questions from, from listeners recently around this, but they're, they're now looking to update it. Sure. What do you feel like are some go-to ways that people can refresh the whole look of a room? Lampshades. Mm. Go there quick. Go to lampshades <laughs> quickly. Like yes. And get a lampshade. What um, is the old, what does a granny lampshade look like? No, no offense to the grannies out there. Yes, I could be exactly. one any moment. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think they're, you know, they're often a, a bigger pitch. Uh, you know, I think they're shaped more. Like steep, the yeah, angle. Uh-huh. Um, mm. I think, you know, modified drum shades. I'm not saying go straight up drum shade, but just something with a slight taper. Maybe even something that's that's card, a paper shade mm-hmm. that has been lacquered or something like mm. that completely updates the grannyest of lamps, you know, you can put mm-hmm. that on there. Um, but just things that if it looks in the t- tiniest bit tattered and you put a light in it and you can see it, uh, like get rid of it. You know, it's, it's like the light uh, illuminates right. the imperfections. Right. Ah, and it's definitely. like a, a, a chandelier. It's gotta be good because it's hanging in your face and lit up. So 
Yes, um, I believe calling in, attention to itself. Right, absolutely. Uh, I had never thought about that before, mm-hmm. but that's such a good point. Yeah, like true. thank you. Like I know my mom has these these gorgeous hopefully she doesn't listen to this. <laughs> she has these gorgeous crystal like Waterford crystal lamps that she literally carried home in her arms on the airplane. <laughs> and when but, she was very young, right? Like she yeah, she was like right out of college, mm-hmm. I think, like or maybe what kind of shades are or something? <laughs> it's not good. Ones that need <laughs> updating. But yeah, like once you turn the light on the mm-hmm. inside, you can tell where maybe the silk has been in the sun and it's starting to be threadbare or if there's like a little water spot on it or something right. like. Yeah, and, and I think you can change the formality yeah. level super quickly of a lamp mm-hmm. with the shade. It could be, you know, crystal, but you put a really simple linen shade on it and it's great. Yeah, Are there I feel like with those ones with the, the flare at the bottom, mm-hmm. like bell bottoms. And unless you're doing some super great chinoiserie thing, then bring mm-hmm. it on, you know, uh-huh. yeah, do all the stuff. So, yeah. Are there rules within a room on do my shades need to match each other in color or anything like that? If I have a bunch of lamps. I don't know that there's a rule <laughs> so much if there, you know, if you have a pair of lamps at, on either end of a sofa, I'm going to try real hard to make the lamp shades match yeah. if the lamps match. If you have a floor lamp on one end and a table lamp on the other, uh, you know, I think you can do whatever mm-hmm. at that point. Mm-hmm. But I, I do like a similarity or some sort of order of color of the lamps, of the shades in a room. Um, I just think it needs to make sense. I don't, I have problems mixing those black shades that don't let any light through with some, some shades let the light through and some don't. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. the, and it also controls the light in the room. You know, those the lamps with the dark shades, you like the ceiling and underneath it. And then over here, the whole walls and everything are lit where you have a traditional, typical shade. Right. Yeah. I feel like that's something that people don't think about Ever. in terms of, the, you know, they're picking the shade for the aesthetics. Mm-hmm. Or whatever comes like, with the lamp. Right. right. Right, 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 right. When really the color and the material is going to have such an impact on the light that it casts, sure. that should really be... And I love it when, like, the in, what the inside of the shade is lined in. Sometimes they're gold, sometimes they're mm-hmm. pink or whatever. That makes a huge difference as well. Because of yeah. the color it casts. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I have some shades at home that I love so much, and I'm scared to death they're going to rot in two one day. But they're, <laughs> they're in the room with all the books, with all the leather books, and they're sort of in a tobacco-colored silk. Mm-hmm. And it makes the books just look more of that beautiful leather color. Love them so much. Did you have them made? <laughs> I didn't. I mean, didn't. I went into a found lamp store them. and found them and was so happy about happened. it. <laughs> I'll wow. take them. Yeah, lampshades are not a cheap date. You know, when you get a lovely no. shade, it's, you know, sometimes they're more than the lamp. <laughs> Absolutely. And I do like just those, some a really plain cylinder glass lamp with a really fancy fabric shade on it is a great thing. And mm-hmm. I think that's a good option, too. Yeah. Well, you never want the, if you're going to do a wild shade, right. you don't want it to overpower the actual lamp, you know, mm-hmm. or vice versa. Right. Okay. There was a, there was an interview that you did with Style Blueprint and it said like, I think the question was like a saying you live by with your d- decor or something like that. And your answer was don't sweat the small stuff. What does that mean? Explain. 
explain yourself. <laughs> you know, um, perfection is overrated. And sometimes you just go for the big picture and the, the comfort and, and get things um, to a point where it feels like you want it to feel. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. Don't worry about the trim on the lampshade in the guest bedroom or, you know, sometimes if you just get beautiful linens, make it, you've got good light, you have the right color on the wall. The other stuff can come over time, but it can Mm -hmm. evolve. And I think it actually turns out better if it evolves rather than when you try to get straight to the end of every detail on day one. I mean, not that everybody doesn't want to complete a job, but sometimes let it evolve. Mm Mm-hmm. No, I think that's a great, a great lesson. Um, because really, you know, I was talking earlier about how if you have a room that you've sort of let, um, you sort of did it and you haven't really done anything. And then now you feel like you need to go in and update it. Well, if you were always sort of tweaking, maybe there's less of a chance that you have to update it down oh, the road. I feel so I, tired. I, I think every once in a while you do have to, you have to back up and squint a little bit and say, okay, take out the things that catch your eye. And sometimes you have too many distractions. If it's, if you, mm-hmm. if you constantly only add small things, mm. and then all you end up with is small things. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. sometimes you need to add the big thing or do the grand gesture that, that makes a big difference. Yeah. Do you think we should be, you know, kind of like stripping all the accessories out of a room, out of our, like bringing them together and reaccessorizing our house? I, I do think it's a good thing to do. I'm the worst at that because I, I will put all the stuff in a house and then go, okay, that's done. Yeah. And, and I have, somebody has to go, okay, Roger, come back and redo this. And I, and I do exactly that. Take all the stuff out and say they, when they say, oh, we've been looking at this for 10 years and it's kind of scary when you go into a house 10 years later and it looks like the day you walked out of it. <laughs> and so flattering though, flattering, but yeah, but I, I don't <laughs> know. Mine doesn't, mine doesn't look like that from week to week. It just, Mm-hmm. I, but mine is sadly just an accumulation. So I have to get rid of purge. So are they just nervous mm-hmm. to move things around because it's so good? And they're like, oh, uh, I can't buy something well, I, else. I, you know, I don't know that that's it. I just know that some people I don't. And again, I don't understand these people, but this whole decor <laughs> thing is not their, you know, not their thing. They Somebody mm-hmm. did it. There it is. And they go they on. And right. do what they, yeah. Yeah. I'm good with this. So they go on and do whatever they're good at. And, and then thankfully they call me back and say, do it again, or we're moving it around. Uh It's worn out. Yeah. I was thinking about that the other day, just in my own home, because sometimes it happens after Christmas, you know, after you pull down and you do a lot of holiday decorating, which I loved on your Instagram. Y'all check that out. Um, But after the holidays, you know, when everything ha- you're bringing everything back out, it's a sad day. Would you take down the Christmas right, tree? Everything's empty. <laughs> I kind of love like it. the real empty house. Does that make me weird. Yeah, well, you're, you're a blue, blue sweet. sweet so. <laughs> <laughs> We've ganged up, totally. by the way, just so you know. <laughs> okay, I feel so. I feel she's bullied. So bullied. Yeah. No, I'm <laughs> totally kidding. <laughs> But it, I mean, I think it gives us an opportunity, you know, that time of year to reassess all your stuff and move it around right. and with a fresh right. eye. Cause often I don't even remember where the stuff went. I'm like, where did mm-hmm. I put all this junk? <laughs> I have to kind of start I, over. I've found too that like in the summer, I want less stuff. Mm-hmm. In the fall, 
I want all the stuff brought out and surrounded, <laughs> yeah. you know, and then, and then after Christmas, you begin to take it out when everything gets spring, like it is now, uh-huh. I'm beginning to like put some of this stuff away. So, mm. so I think it, it, it changes according to the year and the light and the weather and all of those things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. I have a question for the group. <laughs> okay. So a friend of mine just texted me and just, she was like, I want to get this chair reupholstered. You know, how much, how much are we talking here? Or should I just have it like professionally clean? Blah, blah, blah. Long story short, the number I gave her, um, this was just what I had paid to have something reupholstered a couple years ago. She's like, well, that's, if I do that, plus I buy the fabric, that's like almost the same cost as what I paid for it the first time. Okay. Y'all, what, 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 what is our react? What is our response to that question? Is it your grandmother's chair? Does it, you have some sort of emotional attachment to it? Or is it, was it a chair that you, you know, if you paid a lot of money for something mm-hmm. and it's a really excellent frame and, you know, a classic, absolutely recover it. If it's just a standard club chair from the same company now as you would buy it and it costs the same as recovering it, I, there's not it. really a, there's not really a great reason. But why wouldn't you just recover it? Like it'll it'll probably happen faster. You won't have to pay to ship it. Like I feel like it's that thing. It's that idea that like something new is better than something. Right, and we are we live in a disposable society. I think to a huge degree, it is probably better for reuse to try to reuse Mm -hmm. it if you can. By Mm -hmm. the time you want, by the time you are the cushions good. You know, are are you replacing Mm -hmm. the cushions? Um. You know, and, and does it, it, will it sit the same? You know, there's just mm-hmm. all those kind of questions too that come in. Uh, yeah. If it's a, if it's a beautiful frame, an antique frame or a classic design or, or something that you just find incredibly comfortable and you don't want to let it out of your possession, recover it. it but yeah. there's also, um, I think times when you just say, get another one. If it, if it looks in the least bit, dated or it doesn't work with your decor absolutely Mm -hmm. get another chair because i was just i mean the thing about it is like reupholstering it or upholstering it the first time it's kind of the same thing i mean granted the first time they had to build the frame and you know cut the cushions Mm -hmm. and stuff but either way like it's the same action right i have upholstering it and i have i have clients who who are truly want to just recover things when a chair that's a slightly different scale or a little bit different stylistically would look so much mm-hmm. better mm-hmm. and and it's going to cost the same but they, they don't want to let know, it go I just, they don't want to oh, let man. it go and i and i want to let it go yeah. but and we'll just see how that one shakes out yeah yeah no i get it well but there is that like caroline's saying right now with lead time so long for everybody so long it, it is mm-hmm. if your timing is an issue getting it recovered is going to be probably weeks and weeks faster right until everybody figures right. that out and then the reupholstery people are covered up with work too <laughs> well i will tell you in here in nashville we are in a building explosion and everybody's bu- building and doing everything all the upholsters are busy. All the drapery makers are pretty. Are busy. And pretty. Everybody's mm-hmm. and pretty. And <laughs> and but they're everybody's insanely busy right now. I'm not sure there's a short option. Okay. Either way. Yeah. yeah. Even getting fabric. Yeah. Fabric's hard to get these days. Oh yeah. my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> Nothing's yeah. easy. No. It's hard to be pretty. <laughs> it is. <laughs> All right. Well, speaking of which, should we 
answer Jen's question, she actually asked if we sh- if she should reupholster a chair. How so, our um, do y'all want to do a dilemma? Yeah. Like you said, it's from Jen with two N's. Hey, Jen. Um, hi, ladies and Richard. I love, love, love your podcast, all your amazing guests, decorating tips, inspiration, etc. Um, she likes taking away something from every episode. She has a little chair drama, a dramaless kitchen, and a bar makeover. To start with, I'm not sure what to do with this chair in my living room. It was the very first piece I bought and then ended up taking uh, and then ended up taking it to a different location. To, uh, okay, why am I getting the sentence wrong? Then ended up taking it a different direction. Oh, the living room a different direction. She moved the okay. chairs. Like she took the room in a different direction. I don't know if it will help if I spend the money to reupholster and refinish the chair, or will it still not work with my other furniture in the end? While you're looking at my photos of the living room, do I need window treatments? They are not for privacy since our neighbors are quite a ways from our house. I'm not certain how window treatments will work on our door wall. The working doors are the doors on the ends. Um, there's not much room 12 inches from the moldings at the top of the windows and the top of the built-in that holds the TV for the curtains to hang while open. Would it look odd if I had window treatments on all the other windows with the exception of that wall with an open floor plan? Is it all or none? So let's look at her pictures and, and answer that question before we talk about her kitchen. So she ha- does have a, a big sort of very spacious living room and it's large enough for a sofa facing the fireplace um, and then two chairs to the right of the sofa, and then this other chair on the left, which I believe is the one she's talking about, that faces into the grouping, mm-hmm. and it has a white wood frame mm-hmm. with um, sort of a tonal uh, damask, damask on it, mm-hmm. uh, like a gray and white damask. The other pieces of furniture in the room are neutral, and not they don't have wood frames. They're all upholstered. What do you think about that chair? Mm-hmm. I personally think the chair can work just as it is. I think mm-hmm. I I will always go to draperies just because I think they finish the room. Um, I think I think it's the big ticket items in the room are probably the rug and the upholstery, and and I think they're all neutral and soft enough in uh, palette to work together. Um, if she wants to do something to make the room feel finished or different in a way, I think it's I would be more inclined to say pull some sort of color out of the rug and use it as a drapery panel that hangs, uh, they don't have to function, but just a, that hangs between the groups of windows and doors. Um, something that just hangs from, from above the doors. Yeah, that makes sense. Crown molding to, to the floor. And if you pull some sort of the, a blue color out of the rug, you know, that could be pretty. And, and she, there's an inclusion of some warmer tones like the burgundy and, and blush colored pillows. I think if I, I might be inclined to say, let's change those colors up or find something like a bridge fabric that has those colors in it, as well as the color of the rug to sort of relate those things together a little bit. Um, and, you know, I, she has a, a very inviting aesthetic that just, uh, you know, collected again, sort of collected uh, accumulated thing. So, so maybe the combination of patterns you know, a plaid or a stripe or a small pattern, you know, I love a small pattern that has some of these colors in it with a a coordinating trim. You know, you can force color palettes and things together, which I think are oftentimes some of the most successful ones when it's not something that is fashionable, like 
avocado green and harvest gold that because they get overworked that way when it's a combination mm-hmm. that is that is a challenge to put together i think that's when you come up with some really interesting things. So she does have like a double door, then sort of a double window, then another double door. um, And maybe even another double window after that. So just between those have the panels. Should she have one long Mm -hmm. rod that goes all the way across? I think it would be nice. Okay, so just one simple piece of hardware that that Uh spans the entire thing and then just panels between each of the sections. So then even the Mm -hmm. doors could still open, but you would just have a panel to the left and right. Yeah, and don't cover up any of the glass. Like, she's basically just treating the doors as though they're windows. Right, just softening and framing. And then in the other spaces in that room, like, there's it looks like there's sort of a – a bay area and it extends down maybe even into the kitchen. Those don't have to match. I don't think, I don't think I would do anything in that bay area. And then Mm -hmm. maybe in the kitchen, do some sort of a faux Roman or valance in that window over the sink. And that doing that kind of relates those things together. That makes sense. uh, Mm -hmm. And makes it work out. Okay. So her next question is about her kitchen. She says it feels very blah. (laughs) <laughs> there's nothing for the eye to rest on. It's very cream. I know that window treatments in here is a must, but what else can I do to add drama? I mean, she has gray cabinetry and a stone, you know, sort of a neutral stone top, gray and white cabinetry, I guess. The island is dark gray, and I think the, the other cabinetry surrounding it is white. Mm-hmm. Sure. But the window treatment, sure. I think, is a good start. I think I think a window treatment would be a great start. And I also think like on the wall, I guess opposite the kitchen sink, there's a there's like a mirror with botanical prints hanging on either side. I think that would be a good place to make to maybe install something like panel molding into a a big uh, either a two or three or one giant panel and paint inside of that the color of your drapery. Uh, so mm-hmm. it sort of creates a strong visual that it takes that color down there, makes this room flow together. You could even upholster in there with your drapery fabric. Um, and then it gives you one big visual impact on that end of the and room. And like you said, ties it together with I'll, the rest of the room. Ooh, I, like uh-huh. that. I also think it'd be pretty if there were some sort of lantern or something mm-hmm. like all of the, the, a lot of the chandeliers are delicate wrought iron sort of small arms. I think if there was something that had a little bit of mass Mm -hmm. to it, Mm -hmm. um, a little visual weight, I think that would be nice too. What about like something with a, I totally agree. I feel like the lighting over the island needs to be her focal point Mm. just because that's what you're seeing. Like it's such a long room. Mm -hmm. I mean, her living room is very large. It connects to the dining room and then to the kitchen. It's like she needs a, something heavy over Mm -hmm. the island. And and it, it could yeah. be it could be a, a shade. It could be a, mm-hmm. a hanging shade. Is there a cooktop no. in that island? No. So yeah, it, so it's like she doesn't have to worry about right. It could be it could be oil. a shade that even is the color of the drapery. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think that would be nice. Okay, y'all. I'm just gonna put in a shameless plug. We have this really pretty. I feel like it would work perfectly here. This um, this really pretty double shade pendant. It's called the Margot double shade pendant. And first off, very clever design from one of our designers named Zoe. It You can put any lampshade into this pendant, but she could pick like a pretty blue or something. I think that would be great. And and that way she get that color, but it, it's that heavier mm-hmm. um, thing. Anywho, I think it would be very pretty. All right, Jen does have one final <laughs> question, y'all. 
and it is about her built-in bar. She took inspiration from a console we sell called the Salerno console and had her carpenter replicate it to perfectly fit into this opening. Um, and she changes the decor on the bar seasonally, but she feels like the color of the stain on the top and the doors isn't the right shade. Should she just paint the entire bar to match her trim or should she try to fix the stain by sanding and refinishing it with a different stain? The wall behind the bar also needs something. She feels like back there, there's an 18 by 57 inches of wall on either side of the window, maybe some wallpaper or tile backsplash or shelves. Mm. What should she do back there? The bar itself is 68 inches wide by 42 inches high. Okay. If, if she's open to painting. So if, if she, if, if she did the panel on the wall, and if you just put in this accent color, this magic accent color that what, I'm not sure what it is. I do think it's sort of that pale gray blue color that's in the rug. But if you put that in and you painted that bar cabinet, that color, and then use the same color in the in big the panel mm-hmm. opposite the sink and the shades and then have the drapery and the rug down on the other end. I think that sort of balances that out mm. and gives a little a little impact to all of it. So I think would be the really little built in bar not the wall behind the bar, just the built-in bar, you would make that color that you make the wall in the kitchen. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Make it make it like a focal point. Uh, mm-hmm. Treat it kind of like you treat a powder room. You know, do something lit, something you would do there that you wouldn't do on all the cabinets, yeah. but, but make it special. And then you could mm-hmm. even put, uh, you know, antique mirror or anything behind it to make that a I little bit more special. I wonder if she has power in there because a lamp, I think, would be – Pretty in there. I'm all for that too. She has has that little pendant. I feel like there's too many Mm -hmm. small things on the bar. You know, Mm -hmm. Uh, I I think I would do. I think this would be a good place to do. Take everything out and just put back in until you get to Uh a point. You know, take all Mm -hmm. the small things out. Um, and this may be that that example of. You, you were sweating all the small stuff <laughs> and you need yeah. to sweat the big mood. stuff every once in a while. And she has, she yeah. has that very delicate uh-huh. chandelier, like you just said, Caroline, maybe it needs some shades. Mm-hmm. Like little petite shades would be nice mm-hmm. on that. Little That'd chandelier. be cute. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. Okay. I do love the idea of painting it, but I also feel like she could probably just make this more of a focal point without it. Okay. It doesn't bother me. Like the color. Yeah. It doesn't bother me. Mm-hmm. that it doesn't match the others no. but like to your point i feel like it makes it more of a focal point to paint but i was also thinking what if she like does tons of little art pieces all around this window and um, the walls on either side and like almost makes a wall like an art wall, installation yeah almost like an art like an like a, a <laughs> wallpaper out of art mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying like like she could frame postcards that her kids have Mm -hmm. sent her from Mm -hmm. a travel or she could frame family photos or like little trinkets or um just having like lots of little junky but but then i would it gets but then i would then i would totally take everything mm -hmm. off the right the surface i think it it all just has to be done it with some sort of order and moderation idea Mm -hmm. in in mind and you know the you want it to be something really cool you know something cool and personal and has meaning and yeah, and I think that could be. I, I'm open to any ideas like that. Right. I just well, want it well done. The, I like all yeah. things the well done. Itself, it holds dishes, 
um, which I think is so practical and lovely, mm-hmm. but it that's already a visual distraction because it has lots of things inside of it. They're not all, you know, uniform in shape or size or number mm-hmm. or anything. So I feel like what's on top needs to be simpler to me. Otherwise mm-hmm. I think it's yeah. going to go crazy. I agree. <laughs> right. But that's why I feel like something on the wall would help because you're, you get rid of everything on the surface. So there's, it's more clean maybe with just like that one tray with the bottles but then having the focal point like on the back wall i'm st- I don't know. and i'm not even still i'm mm-hmm. still hanging on to the paint mm-hmm. if you painted the ca- base cabinet and mm-hmm. painted the back wall all the same color all the way up yeah. and then you ended up almost like an armoire uh, or something and then and then mm-hmm. had the great tray that maybe is has a mirrored bottom in it and reflects light and does all and then i'm all for a little lamp um Okay, here's the, here's my question about the the paint. If you're painting the wall behind it, where does the paint stop? I have very definite thoughts about this. <laughs> Good, because we she needs a. I think paint should direction. stop on an inside corner, so it would stop on the the inside corner, the back wall, around the window, and it would probably stop, mm-hmm. you know, just at the top of that win at the top of the window molding that looks like it dies into a soffit or something out there. Mm-hmm. Or you could take it all the way up to the top, which I like that idea too. Anything that visually raises your eye, I think is a nice thing. So So not on either of the sidewalls. Mm-hmm. No. Got it. Okay. And just the back wall. And I think you could paint the cabinet, leave the doors the stain color, leave the top the stain color and just but just make that just unify oh. that space. A little bit because she's got the same idea as the stained wood with the the posts and the and the wood the details here. in the room. Okay, I will say we have just given Jen like a million ideas and things to do, but no. I do love this room. Like she's done a really good job so far. It's so a I great feel like room. we need to emphasize that. Like it's she a has, great room, and it she looks has like, all of the essentials mm-hmm. in place. You know, like great layout good absolutely anchor pieces it's just like a few little finishing touches right i mean and it's not i think the i think the biggest stuff is done mm-hmm. like really all of the biggest stuff is done it's it's really just that those big uh, i call it the grand gesture color thing because it you know you don't in in open floor plans like this you can't just stop and start a paint color because it goes forever so you have to have ways to contain it but if you if you mm-hmm. put up molding or if you did something like that or use or use the drapery i think that would be beautiful i feel like the drapery is going to be a little bit of a sticker shock because it's so many windows but i do mm-hmm. feel like it's just going to totally transform i, I believe the in draperies I yeah believe you it. you go jen go look at roger's portfolio because he has some really really gorgeous ones that'll get your juices flowing <laughs> So get your mind in that space. That's right. All right. Can you share with everyone where they can find you, follow you, see your work, all that good stuff? Sure. Um, uh, rhigginsinteriors.com is my uh, website and rhigginsinteriors is my Instagram. Well, thank you so much for being our guest. This was, this was great. Good. Thank much you for having me. Yes. I appreciate it so much. All right, that's our show. You can find all of the show notes on our blog, howtodecorate.com slash podcast. To send in a decorating dilemma, email your questions to podcast at ballarddesigns.net so we can help you with your space. 
And of course, follow us on social media at Ballard Designs. And don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss an episode. And please leave us a review. We'd love to hear your feedback. Until next time, happy, happy decorating. decorating.